We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on Second Guest. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We're from the WWL Studios, uh, some weather certainly in the area and along the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So uh, normally we would talk to him in person, but he's on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Dave Hilbert from the Silver Slipper. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. You and I talked this morning uh, because of the bad weather and a potential what could happen there. We, we moved it in studio here. So uh, great to have you on. Tell us a little bit about what's happening with the Slipper. And then well, after that, well, well, certainly get well, – first of all, before we do that – Talk to us about the Saints and the Falcons. Dave, Dave, Dave. We got Dave in the house. We got Dave in the studio. Dave, Dave, y'all. Everybody loves Dave. Oh, man, no, man. I'm I'm glad to be part of it. And uh, we're just kind of hunkered down. And, man, I'm I'm so glad the Saints look good and and Derek Carr look great. Unfortunate what happened on that very last play. That was embarrassing. But, you know, maybe there's a a good future for the uh, black and gold. Got to get younger, Dave. Yeah, you got to have a younger team. You got to hit, got to yeah, hit on those I, I draft choices. You, you got to get a younger players. I'm telling you, yeah, I, I hear y'all go, without a doubt. I mean, I hear you. So we'll just kind of see how it all plays out and see what happens. And let's hope that uh, Gail Benson has some good support and good advisors. Because I mean, ultimately, it's it's up to her to to a, to a degree. Yeah, all, all of us can have an opinion one way or another, but yeah. it comes down to. Uh, what Gail Benson wants with Mickey Loomis and Dennis Lauscher, the, the, those are the three that's coming up yeah, with this it, uh, decision. We It's great for sports talk. Everybody gives an opinion, but it really comes down to what Miss Benson wants. And like I, like I, I think I told the other couple of weeks ago when uh, when uh, the Saints played in Los Angeles and you saw Gail in the suite with uh, Drew Brees, and that's a good sign because uh, I know he knows what he's doing. Yeah, well, but yeah, Drew yeah. Ain't playing no more. Yeah, yeah, that, that's just. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but you know, <laughs> but, 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 but Dave, that's just PR stuff. That, that doesn't matter. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, the, like the, the bottom line is the bottom line. And he is, ain't coaching either. He just he stole well, Bobby and I that I'm not coaching. I don't want to get in that profession. Well, the, the, the bottom line is uh, there's no excuse uh, that the Saints should not have had at least ten victories. Right, exactly. And uh, if you look at like uh, meaningful games, and you might say, well, they're all meaningful. But you look at how in the hell uh, we were winning by 17 points, uh, 12 minutes left, and we lose to the Packers. Okay, you had a, a, a special teams touchdown. How did we lose that game? So you can always look at a handful of games and, and what occurred. Uh, now, you look at Blake Groupie. Uh, you look, he finished the season strong. But then uh, the Packers still would have had a chance to come back. Uh, but all, what, what if all of a sudden – you know, he had started his career 6-for-6. Six six. What if he makes that 46 yarder with a minute and 10 seconds left? Then you put pressure on Green Bay to come back and to win the game. Man, the way but, Love was throwing it at the end, Bob, I don't know. No, no, it, that, that's what I'm saying, but we should never have been in that situation. No, shouldn't have been. And, and then you look at, look, I love Foster Morrow. Foster Morrow, uh, when you think about that, uh, Mike, uh, what he's meant and, he, and how he's dealt with adversity um, – and I've said this before, uh, Dave, I don't know if you know this, uh, Foster Morrow yeah. uh, was voted by his teammates and won the Ed Block Courage Award uh, this year. Uh, 
You know who won the Ed Block Courage Award in 1996 for Atlanta? Take a guess, Dave. Me. Oh, okay. I won that same damn award in 1996. My elbow was so jacked. But again, I'm just saying how we love Foster Morrow. But we all yeah. remember what happened in the Jaguar game. If you look at that, uh, we're losing 24 to 9 heading into the fourth quarter. And then we had a chance to tie it late. Uh, we drive to the Jack six yard line, 30 seconds left. And then Foster Morrow does not uh, come up with the catch. Yeah. We all know what happened. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if we don't want an overtime or if you go for two, we can have it. So you look at the Green Bay game, uh, you look at the Jaguar game. I mean, we're trying to set the tone. Uh, I look when we played the Texans, October the 15th. What occurred then? I mean, uh, look, they went on to win 20 to 13. Remember at the beginning, y'all excited because we got to take away Zach Bond intercepts the ball. Eh, and then he fumbles uh, the ball. And he fumbles it right back. No, all of those things you reflect and you look back. Uh, now, uh, look, look at Derek Carr. You talk about Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Co- uh, Mr. Hyde. I mean, Derek Carr, compared to what he did in the Dome, compared to what he did in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, like night and day. Uh, we were leading 3-0. to zero. We had just uh, what, uh, stopped Atlanta on 4-2. We drove to the Falcons' 12-yard line. And then Jesse Bates, pick six, 92 yards. Uh, it would have uh, been like a 10-0 Saints lead. Uh, uh, we're losing 7-3. So you can reflect back. It's always a handful of games, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But the number one game No, but to you, me, if you lose one like that, you got to steal one somewhere. Right, right, right. W. So to me, the number one game, though, was the Packers. Oh. <laughs> uh, that when you get a punt return and we're up 17-0 to with 12 minutes left, we could have been 3-0, started the season 3-0. Uh, that's the difference uh, whether you get the double-digit wins or not, Dave. Exactly, exactly. Dave, tell us what's happening at the Slipper. you got a lot of things coming around, certainly with Mardi Gras and uh, all the festivals that are around uh, this time of year. So tell us what's going on at the Silver Slipper and also some of the giveaways. Okay, of course, we have the uh, the radio show, WWE Radio Show, every Monday through the Monday after the Super Bowl. We're giving away uh, a new Bronco on the last Saturdays of January 27th, February 24th, and March 30th. And then... Uh, We're going to have football squares for the uh, Super Bowl on the 11th of February. We'll have the radio show on the 12th to recap the Super Bowl and the season. And then uh, that Tuesday, the 13th, of course, is Mardi Gras. We have a king cake giveaway. And then uh, Wednesday, which is February 14th, Valentine's Day, we have our Pick a Rose promotion where we give away uh, over 100 roses with prize notes and uh, grand prizes to cruise. And uh, our Rumble on the Gulf, our, our, our motorcycle classic car, and uh, bike night begins on Thursday, March 14th. So there's just a lot of stuff going on, gearing up. Everybody's hunkered down tonight. Uh, the Silver the Slipper's just fine. Our road will probably flood for about an hour or two at 8.30 when there's high tide, just maybe a foot of water. So uh, we close the buffet for the night, and uh, we'll be full-blown in the morning at the crack of dawn. Now, uh, Dave, obviously, national championship game. There's no uh, Saudi State Commerce influence. Obviously, you got no. the Washington Huskies versus the Michigan Wolverines. But uh, uh, do you have any interest in the game tonight? Uh, I mean, well, uh, look at Michigan. I'm going to say five-point favorite somewhere around there. So what? And that is pretty much home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, yeah. Dave? Yeah, well, I'm a, I mean, I'm a Harbaugh family guy. I mean, I kind of love the whole story and all that. 
and uh, I'm, I'm pulling for Michigan. I mean, I, I, now Washington is so far away geographically. It's like a different country. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. And, you know, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, and, and, and Michigan's kind of, uh, you know, like New Orleans, and, you know, in, in Detroit and all that. Blue it's collar, kind of that, blue, blue collar, collar yes. Exactly. So I'm I, pulling for that. I'm pulling. I'm pulling for Michigan. It would have been so much fun to have a Texas, da, uh, Texas, uh, Alabama game, but you know that didn't happen. And so you know, I'm going for Michigan. I'm going for Michigan by a touchdown. So there you go. The other thing too is I think we're gonna we're watching the last game as a coach at Michigan with think, Jim Harbaugh. With Jim Harbaugh, I think he's yeah. headed to the NFL. Um, he, yeah. he sees the way the NCA is kind of hovering around, and I, I think he's going to get some great offers from well, uh, I, I, NFL I, I, teams. Uh, Dave, you and Mike can both comment on this. Okay, uh, have you ever? Because you look at Gene Poole, you look at the family, and you know, player to player, or uh, like from a coaching perspective, we all know about the Mannings. Okay, you got Archie, you got Peyton, you got Eli. I don't know what's going to happen with Archie. You know, the grandkid. When we talk about uh, coaching, who's more stable than John Harbaugh and then now like Jim Harbaugh, the brothers? They all played right here in New Orleans when the lights went out in the Super Bowl. That was brother versus brother, and they're still relevant. Now, there was that 2014. You talk about basically a decade, and they're still relevant. The Ravens might be, Mike, I, I think they're number one in the whole NFL right now, that being John. And you look at Jim, wherever he's been, he's won. So, uh, are you talk about coaching family, Mike. And you, you forgot Pop. Oh yeah, but the dad. How did, good yeah. of a coach his Pop was. That's what I mean. Yeah. But, uh, John, uh, John, and Jim Harbaugh don't get any better than that. And I told you this, Mike. Mike, oh, I don't know. I, I don't like Jim Harbaugh. All I know is I personally know him. I, I, I think he's cool as uh, about the curse side. He's as cool as ever. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he Jim Harbaugh is a good dude if you know him. If you don't know him, you might think he's arrogant or he's kind of weird. Uh, but all I know is I know him back from 1983-84, and I'm just going back to Anthony Carter and Bo Schembechler and University of Michigan. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, you, you want to hang with him? He, he is a good dude. I'm telling you, a man's man. Yeah, he yes. he, he yeah. might gr- he might grind on people a little bit that you don't care for him. That happened in San Francisco, but the guys won. He wins. Yep. He's man. I could that- care less about his personality. I want him to win. If I'm a fan yeah, of that team, I want college, him to win. NFL. He's won wherever he's been. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. We'll see you next Monday. Come on down to the Silver Slipper. Come on down. All right, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it, buddy. Dave Hilbert. All right. That was Dave Hilbert from the Silver Slipper. We'll be back, and we'll also have a weather update right after these messages here on the Big 870 WWL. We're back here on Second Guest Show. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We're doing this from the WWL studios. Just be careful out there if you're on the highway. I'm going to throw it to Ian Ozan, who has some updates for us weather-wise. Ian? Hey, Mike. We've got two new warnings that just came in. One of them is severe thunderstorm warning for St. Tammany Parish, including Slidell and Mandeville. Uh, Lots of lightning, lots of heavy rain, and strong winds blowing through that area right now. We'll come back to the winds in just a moment. The other advisory that just popped up is severe thunderstorm, pardon me, a flash flood warning in effect for St. Tammany as well as Hancock County in Mississippi. Should also note that flash flood warning in effect uh, for other parts of southeast Louisiana, including Assumption Parish, Lafourche Parish, 
St. Charles, St. James, and St. John the Baptist. Those warnings in effect until 8 o'clock tonight. That severe thunderstorm warning in effect till about 6 o'clock tonight for St. Tammany Parish. And we mentioned those heavy winds. Winds gusting between 60 and 70 miles an hour across the New Orleans metro area, including in Kenner at the airport. And those heavy winds have forced the causeway to be shut down. We heard Dave Brandon mention it before we went to the commercial break. The causeway is closed. We had a chance to speak with Carlton Dew for show a little while ago, and here's what he had to say about that closure. From about mid-span to the North Shore, uh, we've got some really very, very strong thunderstorms and uh, winds exceeding 50 miles an hour right now. So both bridges are shut down. We hope that we'll be able to open up in about 20, 30 minutes. But asking anyone that's uh, trying to get back to the North Shore right now to please consider an alternate route or uh, or just bear with us for about 30 minutes and uh, give us another chance around uh, 6 o'clock or so. That 30-minute time frame, by the way, is optimistic, especially with how the radar is looking right now. Lots of storms over the New Orleans metro area. Show said, if you absolutely have to get across the lake right now, take an alternate route, but best bet is to stay home or to stay put wherever you are. Again, severe thunderstorm warning in effect for St. Tammany Parish, including Mandeville and Slidell. Flash flood warnings in effect for St. Tammany Parish in Hancock County, Mississippi, as well as Assumption Parish, Lafouche Parish, St. Charles, St. James, and St. John. The causeway closed right now because of all of this heavy weather. Winds gusting at 60 to 65 miles an hour in some places, Mike. Ian, thank you so much. Keep us updated on all these weather events that are happening. And it looks as though, Ian, this will probably go until 7.30, and then it'll start to ease off. We'll have a break, and then another line a little bit later in the night. That's what it's looking like right Mm -hmm. now. But the biggest fear among some forecasters is that we'll start to see training and that we we may see, like with some parts of the states on 2016, continuous rain. We're hoping that doesn't happen, but that's always a possibility. But right now, what you said is the prevailing thought that we'll see about a two-hour break between 7.30 and 9.30 or 8 and 10, and then everything picks up again going into the overnight hours. Thank you, and appreciate all the updates, and uh, keep us posted on anything that does happen. We'll be back with more second guests, and Tim Brando from Fox Sports will join us right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on the second guest show. Mike Detail along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. Be careful out on the road. We're getting some text about uh, possible large hail coming down in the Pearl River area. So uh, be careful if you're driving through all that. And uh, and if you're even at home, man, hail can do some, some mighty uh, big damage uh, the way it comes down sometimes. On our Oakwood Hard Jewelers Talk and Text line from Fox Sports, uh, does college basketball and uh, also the football season's almost over, Timmy, but uh, we've got one more game left. Uh, so great to have you on. Your thoughts tonight on Michigan, Washington, and which, which we've seen in the final year, sort of speak, of the Pac-12 as what we knew it. Man, you couldn't really script it any better if Washington ends up uh, pulling the upset off and, and beating Michigan. Yeah, in a lot of ways, um, Mike and, uh, and Bobby, it's um... – it's bittersweet for the Pac-12 in its, uh, in its history. Uh, but 
I think uh, if you look ahead, and college football's got uh, a tremendous history, as we know, but its currency, especially with its postseason, has been, uh, you know, has never been good. And and we're going to make it a lot better with all these changes. I agree, Timmy. You and I on the same boat with that. Yeah. Uh, The growing pains are tough at times. There's no doubt about that. Uh, The Big Ten's going to have a defending champion uh, no matter who wins tonight. Uh, They'll certainly (laughs) lay claim to Washington if Washington happens to win this game going into next year. But the the other thing, too, is, and I I read with some – with a, a little bit of a sarcasm, uh, Commissioner Sankey uh, and his disapproval of some of the backlash to the college football playoff committee's decision-making this year, I would suggest to the commissioner of the SEC that some of that backlash was uh, deserved. Okay, deserved. Yeah, we had four uh, great teams, and we had two magnificent semifinal games, the best I think we've ever had in the college football playoff era, but we didn't have enough teams in the playoff. This year, among any other year, by any measure, we certainly knew we had uh, 12 spots that could have been filled. And I think moving forward, I think we'll have more than 12 spots. I think we'll have 16. And with that, we'll have more momentum building into the championship game. Think about it, fellas. I mean, you guys care about the NFL just as I do. We're all sports guys. I think I think we would all agree I'm more passionate about the college game. You may be more passionate about the pro game. But has there been much buzz at all this week about this game until today? No. No. Uh, No. No. no, There hasn't been. Well, you know why, Tim? Because I think University of Washington, Seattle, that's like a different country. So far in the Northwest. I mean. (laughs) Yeah, but. But Bobby, even if Georgia were playing Alabama again, I got okay, you. It wouldn't resonate. It wouldn't resonate because they, they we wait a month for the game to be played. Got you. You know we wait so long between the end of the regular season to the semifinals, and then we only have that one game. And then after that, man, we got we go from Christmas to New Year's. The NFL dominates with all the extended playoffs and the, right. the regular season now going for eighteen weeks. College football can reclaim. And I believe it will reclaim the month of December when we go to the extended playoff. First with 12, and I think after next year's experiment, that new television deal is going to be for 16 teams, and it's going to be marvelous. I do think tonight is a great matchup of which team can will its way of playing the game on the other. And, you know, Michigan wanted to play that game in a phone booth against Alabama, and Alabama did too. You know, between the hashes tonight – that Michigan defense is going to have to defend the width and the breadth of the field. Okay? Yeah. I mean, they'll have to sideline to sideline. You better have it covered because those three receivers are the best three on any one team since Joe Burrow was chunking it to Chase and Jefferson and those guys at LSU in 2019. And I think it's going to make for just a lot of entertainment. Michigan can score. I think, I think we'll find that out. Michigan will be able to score – but will they be able to score enough touchdowns in the red zone against a Washington defense that plays with a chip on its shoulder and does not allow nearly as many points allowed as they do yards allowed? And that's why I like Washington to win the game. Well, we're speaking with the great uh, Tim Brando. Uh, Tim, what is your take on this? I think uh, it's going to be a different animal because you have to look at the quarterback. Uh, Jalen Milrow, uh, to me, um, I don't know, from a total – perspective to play the quarterback position. He can't hold uh, Michael Penix's jock. I mean, he can right, run right. and all that. 
But when I saw uh, Tim, to me, Michigan's defense, they had five sacks against uh, Jalen Milrow of Alabama, seven tackles for a loss in the first half. They ended up finishing with six sacks. Uh, so when I look at that, uh, to me, if you're going to gamble and try and get after Michael Penix, it ain't his first rodeo. Uh, the passing yeah, leader, he's played yeah. 49 games. He's thrown for over 13,000 yards. So you might be, be – I, I, I would be surprised – if Michigan get after uh, Michael Penix like they did uh, Jalen Milrow, oh, absolutely! They're not going to bring that many people. They're, they've got to, they've got to stay in their lanes, and they've got to make sure that those, those their secondary is good. Michigan feels good about their totality of defense. All right, but you cannot bring the house against a guy like him; he'll kill you. Okay, he is he's a left-handed right. version of uh, of 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 gosh. I, you think about Burrow. I mean, he's really that good. I mean, he's as accurate as Joe was accurate. He's just left-handed, okay? And if he has to run, he can. He doesn't run as much now as he once did because of the injuries he right. had while at Indiana. But, I mean, he's resourceful back there. And he'll keep his head up and looking downfield, even if he has to get away from someone to the left or right. He's really good at feeling pressure, too. You know, Texas brought some against him. Uh, but he handled it well. And on a couple of occasions, he can throw laser beams on yeah. team routes where two safeties are just absolutely there, and the ball gets there before they do. Okay? It's bottom line. He's right. he's that good. And I'll be shocked if he's not the – he should be the – okay, Caleb Williams probably goes one, but I can't imagine taking anybody other than Penix next in the draft. Now, uh, Tim, what is your take on this uh, to me? Uh, it makes the college football game better the more experience you have. We all remember the pandemic uh, shortened 2020 season. and right. But I'm looking at – you want to talk about experience. I'm looking at the Huskies and the Wolverines. I'm looking at Washington, 22 offensive and defensive starters. Seven are in their sixth season. Seven are right. in their fifth season. Michigan has uh, one starters in the sixth season and eight in their fifth. So you got a lot of experienced players in this game – that they came oh, yeah. back to represent their universities. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it, with, with NIL and the portal now working in concert, uh, Bobby, we're going to be seeing a lot more of this now. This is another good thing about the transfer portal and the NIL era. I don't know that fans, a lot of them, particularly my age and older, are like, oh, it's not the same. They're not playing right, right. <laughs> for, old, for old college you the way we once said. Listen, players now will have options to stay in school longer because of what? Name, image, and likeness, and, and, and they will stay in school longer. Some of them may decide, you know what, I've had a great experience here, but I think I may go over there to help get myself prepared for the next level. A lot of players now are going to be more willing to take red shirts in their freshman years because they see what, they see what oh, how, how well is Arch Manning doing? I think he's doing okay having that red shirt year, don't you? Yes, you're going yes, to see other guys do the same thing. So – so this is really good for the college game, too. And, listen, the money is there, and it should be used for those players. I mean, for generations, those guys, the, their blood, sweat, and tears line the pockets of people in intercollegiate athletics and these institutions of higher learning for a long time. You know, the fact that Nick Saban has Niagara Falls in his office, <laughs> it may look good, but is it really helping any of those kids? I don't think so. Tim, no, no. What, Tim what you brought up. I think is going to affect the NFL this way. A lot of guys, especially at the quarterback position, that would have maybe been third-day picks, 
I'm going back and play another year. Great example. Will, Will Rogers at Mississippi State. He had that choice. He could have come out for the 2024 draft. Says, no, you know what? I'm going to Washington. I'm going to sit. Now, he's putting his feet in some big moccasins because Michael oh, yeah. Penix is jammed. But it's best for Will. Well, well, you have the Oklahoma quarterback leaving and going to Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> I mean, it's, right. it's unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and uh, that's. I think the greatest example of that, I mean, when you think about it, is, is Pat Nix's son. I mean, but what Bo, Bo, Bo Nix yeah. did. Right. What Bo Nix did to reinvent his career after – I mean, he had been through hell and back playing at, at Auburn. Auburn. Okay, right. <laughs> I mean, and and his dad was a wonderful guy. Also went through hell and back, and he basically moved his his wife and himself into into Eugene. And I, I'll never forget. I had Bo uh, a couple of times this year against USC, in fact, in that game with Caleb Williams when I thought Oregon was really taking the next step. I thought Oregon would beat Washington in the rematch, okay? Full disclosure, I'll tell you. I thought Oregon I thought so, too, rematch. Tim. I'm going to be honest. But, but they, I thought yeah, so, but too. Whenever you bet against yeah. Washington, though, you lose. It's yeah, unbelievable. Exactly. <laughs> I learned my lesson. And, you know, Spencer Shillman, who works with me, told me right before the Stanford game, and the flu was going through the, the Washington program at that time, they barely beat Arizona State at home. It was really the only stinker offensively game that, that uh, as, at quarterback that Michael Penix had all year. And it was because so many guys were sick, including him. But the, before the Sanford game, after looking at video, it was Spencer who told me and my entire crew in our meeting before the game in Palo Alto, he said, fellas, I think Washington's going to win it all. Oh. And I said, whoa, really? This is week nine, okay, in early oh. November. And I said, Spencer, what do, what do you see? He said, well, I see an NFL design offense and an NFL-designed defense. Now, the defense will give up yards, okay? They give up plenty of yards. But the strength of the Washington defense, and this is something for you to watch for tonight, Michigan between the 20s is probably going to run the ball and run it very effectively. And you'll, you'll see J.J. McCarthy go to Loveland, his tight end, a lot too, similar to the way Brock Bowers is used at Georgia, all right? But when they get in the red zone, they relinquish right at 23 points per game and yet they're giving up almost 500 yards of offense to the opposition. I think it was like 435. Bend but don't break. They've got, <laughs> yeah, they get their defensive ends. Braylon Trace at the top of that list. The other gentleman's name I can't recall off the top of my head now. But those two defensive ends are bookends that almost always get a tackle for loss, if not a sack, and get you behind the chains and force teams to take threes instead of touchdowns. And he noticed that about Oregon. He said that's going to be the problem against Oregon is their defense inside that red zone is just a hell of a lot better than Oregon's. And they weren't chopped liver either. But right. there was a noticeable difference. And, and let's not forget, the offensive coordinator at Washington was who Nick Saban initially wanted to yes, hire. Sure and enough. he turned him down to stay with Kalen DeBoer. Now, now, uh, <laughs> now Tim, to, to, to speak of coaches <laughs> – I mean, all the experience and all the knowledge you have. Is there a greater story than University of Washington's head coach? No, and Caleb not at all. Has Look been at fantastic. his record, and yeah. they might Sioux yeah. Falls, NAIA. What the yeah. hell? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're talking you, about a winner. I mean, uh, I don't think he gets enough credit. Tim, the, I was not telling this to Bob. Doesn't it remind you a little bit, Dennis Erickson? Sure. Yeah. 
a lot of him, the career path is very similar yes. to, to Dennis Erickson, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, all those old guys uh, that were from that area, um, uh, you know, slinging it around, you know, up in Montana and in Utah and, 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 uh, and Oregon, they did it a lot that way. And uh, I'll give you a, a, a guy that falls into the same category in terms of career path is Lance Leipold. Yeah, uh, the head coach in Kansas now. Okay, Correct. and DeBoer, DeBoer's done the same thing with his staff. Okay, Grubb is with him, his offensive coordinator, because he's been with him forever, and he he grew up with him, loved him, all right, and stayed with him. And when he went back to Fresno State, when he got the opportunity to be the head coach at Fresno State, he got with him then, and that's why even when Nick Saban called, he couldn't say yes to him. Uh, Leipold has got uh, an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator, Borland and uh, Kotelnicki, that have been with him since his days at Wisconsin Whitewater. Whoa, when they were running, Whitewater. Running it's like Wisconsin lacrosse, Stevens Point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, he took him to Whitewater. He took him to Buffalo. And now he's coming off a nine-win season. That's a nine-win Kansas team this year, fellas. I mean, think about how bad Kansas has been for what? you know, 15, 20 years. And yeah, we're not talking about the Kansas state Wildcats. We're talking about uh, Lawrence, Kansas, the Jayhawks, Jayhawks. the basketball school. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's similar. You you see a guy that played at the NAI level, coached at D three, you know, he's got, and uh, fellas, I will tell you, I, I talk with coaches every week to prepare for games. When you meet these guys, people like Lance Leipold and, and Kalen DeBoer, they haven't changed a lick. Okay, their approach to the game and to connecting with people, uh, players, media, and the like, never changes. It's like a breath of fresh air. There's a level of gratitude and, and gratefulness, so to speak, that they have as coaches that I don't know that a lot of other big-time coaches at the Division One level share with guys like us when we're right. going in to do a game. It's impossible once you meet a Kalen DeBoer, not to root for the guy. Yeah. Now, now Tim, uh, when you look at uh, supporting cast, <laughs> and you got to have luck with injuries. Uh, yep. Obviously, we look at Michael Penix. To me, a great success success story is the SEC story. He transferred from Mississippi right. State, and he got hurt the last play. Dylan Johnson. I'm looking at running right. back Dylan Johnson. Uh, I mean, uh, here from he is. Mississippi. He, uh, yeah, from, uh, he went yep. to Mississippi State. Uh, he transferred. He's had over uh, like 1,100 yards, 16 rushing touchdowns, and plus 166 yards uh, receiving uh, that all of a sudden now he's hurt. Uh, it'd be interesting well, to see if he's available to help Michael well, he Penix. Is, yeah, is he ready to be. roll? Is he ready yeah, to roll? He's got to be. Now, there's no question he's going to play. How effective he's going to be may be in question. Yeah. But there's no, so. there's no denying it, that he's going to get out there and give it a go. And, and, yeah, that's another thing. Guys like that that come from Nowheresville, Mississippi, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe it came, maybe came from last chance you. I don't know. That, I don't believe that was the school no, for him. But no. still, bottom line, bottom line is it's those kinds of stories, those kinds of players that they're going to always find and give a chance, which is another thing that you have to love. Michael Penix, his story is incredible. Romo Dunze is another one who I believe should have been the Blitnikoff winner this year. Marvin Harrison Jr. won that award based on the size of the brand of Ohio State. Right. And uh, his numbers were nowhere near where Odunze's were. And I think a lot of people felt like, well, Odunze had a lot of help because Polk, who, by the way, is a kid from Lufkin, Texas, uh, he was a Friday Night Lights kid, all right, a, a strong t- talent and athlete. 
uh, he and McMillan, these are all guys that contributed. But but I think Romo Dunze is the best 50-50 ball receiver in college football. Uh, Penix feels like he can throw the ball to any one of those guys anywhere and they'll go get it. But Odunze is better than anybody at that. And uh, another kid that's really humble when you meet him, one of the great pluses about my, my job, fellas, is getting to meet a lot of these kids when we go to their practices and meet with their coaches. And um, i got nothing but great things to say about just about all of them I've, I've met. And, and in the case of Odunze, uh, he's, he's right up there. Um, and, and listen, J.J. McCarthy's story at Michigan and, and, and really what that team has done, not to throw any dirt on them, I, I think what Jim Harbaugh has done is amazing. And the aftermath of this, win or lose, with regard to the NFL, I, I think he's definitely going to go NFL after this. I agree, Timmy. He, I when think the, he's going. When, when the NCAA wants to get you that badly, uh, what's the point? Why yeah. go through that? Right. Timmy, um, we we, we got to go to a weather break, but thank you so much for yeah. joining us. Really appreciate it. Hey. Always enjoy listening to you, bud. No, yeah. uh, hey, hey, Tim, you, you're the man. You're the man, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. We're going to throw it now to Ian Ozan, who has some updates weather-wise. Some good news, Mike. The causeway has reopened. That heavy weather that was over the bridge has pushed off. In fact, that severe thunderstorm warning we saw for St. Tammany Parish has expired. That cell has moved into Hancock County, Mississippi. They're now under a severe thunderstorm warning. That storm did... present some pea-sized hail in the Slidell area, getting reports of that. Also getting reports of some street flooding in the Laplace area. And that tornado warning we mentioned earlier, we're now starting to get reports from some of the Baton Rouge radio, or Baton Rouge TV stations, rather, Mike, about possible tornado damage in the Labadeeville area. So we're not out of the woods yet. Another round of storms coming through, but we're starting to see some of the impacts of these storms, that street flooding in the Laplace area, possible tornado damage in Labadeeville. But the good news is, looks like we're out of the worst of it for now, the second round coming later tonight. Thank you, and we really appreciate it. And so keep your radio dial locked into WWL for all the latest. We'll be back to finish it up here in our number two of Sports Talk and Second Guest right after this break. We're finishing up here in our number two of Second Guest. want to thank Tim Brando. Always great to have him on. And uh, we'll be back with more Sports Talk here and Second Guest. want to thank the Silver Slipper also. Always cooperative to make things work with all this. Keep your dial tuned into WWL for all the latest updates weather-wise. Ian Ozan's working on it. We'll be back right after this news break here on the Big 870 WWL. More Second Guest. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.